Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. Hello, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, a show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined by returning guest, high school teacher, metalhead, fan favorite, Lisa Petersmark. Hey, everybody. A lot of people seem to really enjoy our talk on Satanic Panic because that had a lot more views, uh, our listens, this is a podcast, a lot more <laughs> listens than I usually get. And part of me thinks it's because I put Eddie Munson on the... <laughs> That's probably true. Like, you're not wrong. <laughs> but also, I mean, like, it was a very relevant topic, apparently, because, you know, we put that out. And then, like, the week we put that out, like, there were all these articles about how D&D and RPGs are bad again and, like, all right. these things. So that was... uh insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was really wild. But today we're doing something that everybody loves. We're talking about education. <laughs> oh yes, everybody's <laughs> favorite thing, school. <laughs> so today is going to be really really fun, I promise. It's Lisa and I are making a horror 101 curriculum because I am a self-proclaimed horror expert and Lisa here is an actual certified teacher. <laughs> That's me. I'm a certified teacher. Yes. There is one of us with real expertise and it's not the podcast host. <laughs> I don't think that's true. You have a degree in what we're talking about. Well, that's, yeah, it's film studies. It's not a degree in horrorology. <laughs> I don't know. I think you have, I think you have plenty of expertise. When you told me about this idea, I, I was really excited because one of the things that I, I love to do is I love to create curriculum, which is like very nerdy, but uh, it was really fun to kind of like be able to create a curriculum that's like not hindered by like things like, you know, those stuffy educator things like state standards and like all the things that, you know, kids need to know. So this was fun. Well, kids need to know horror. Like right. <laughs> Exactly. And I had this idea for two reasons. One of them is Shudder just announced they're doing a show called The 101 Scariest Movie Moments. And when I found that out, it brought me back to my childhood with Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Yeah. Which is probably the single most influential television special of my life. I was about to say (laughs) television show, but I'm like, no, I was part of the SpongeBob generation. (laughs) All of our humor is derived from that but and then the other reason was I was kind of thinking about I've been doing this podcast for a couple months now and what am I what are my goals with it on a artistic creative level because right now so far I've just been well I'm just talking to cool people about cool horror and cool things which is fun but like what else am I doing beyond that like beyond the surface level and I was thinking about I'm like well I like spreading horror to other people but not everybody like I'm not going to take my friend who doesn't like horror and be like hey let's start with hostile right (laughs) 
I believe you need to build up with that. And I always tell, and people listening to the podcast, you know, I like to start with Jurassic Park. I like to start with, I think Hocus Pocus is good for kids. I think Scooby-Doo is great for getting people into horror. I think Gremlins is a really fun horror movie for kids. And then from there, you can get into like Jaws. You can get into the Universal Monsters, maybe some of the earlier slashers. Mm -hmm. Poltergeist, I think, is very intense, but also very good for beginner horror. It's a good first, like, intense movie, you know? Like, once you get past the stuff geared towards, like, kids and people who are horror-adjacent, it's a good true horror movie. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, like, no one's going to be arguing Poltergeist isn't a horror movie, Mm -hmm. except for, like, trolls. (laughs) Well, and I think one of the things that I always say when I recommend your podcast, which I do a lot, I always tell people, you know, like, it's very much the opposite of what you think a film podcast is going to be. Because even some horror movie buffs who are like, most of the horror movie people I met are like the nicest sect of the film community. Even some of them can be pretty pretentious. They're like, oh, this movie isn't scary enough. So it like doesn't count as horror or whatever. It's very much the opposite of that. Like that's what your podcast is. It's very accessible. You're all about like bringing horror to the masses. And like, like I was, you know, my mom and my stepdad who are not horror people, especially my mother, listened to our (laughs) episode. And she was like, he as a host makes me want to listen to more episodes, even though I don't watch these movies. So like, I think that this horror 101 class is a very like, it, it fits with your podcast, even if it's not necessarily the formula that you've been going with, because this is like, you know, your whole thesis is like horror is accessible to everyone and everybody can get in on this at some level. So I think that's cool. I appreciate that. I also just realized I don't have a bit for the end for the would you die question. (laughs) I have no clue how we're going to accomplish that. So we'll probably we'll probably just skip that question. (laughs) I think that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make horror fun for everybody, you know, especially because horror as a genre isn't for everybody. But I want everyone to feel included. And that being said to my horror buffs who listen i don't want you feeling like well i know all this stuff yes you do (laughs) a lot of you listening probably know more than i do to be honest but i think this episode can still be fun because you can think well maybe this is how i get my friends into horror Mm-hmm. So, and maybe some of them will have just like completely out of the box suggestions for movies in these categories that we did not come up with. And then they can be like, hey, actually, do this instead. Exactly. I, I mean, the horror genre is big enough. Mix and match. You can personalize these to your specific friends. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's let's get into it. You did the hard work for us <laughs> by creating an outline. So what is a curriculum? <laughs> okay, so a curriculum, for those of you who don't know class, is no, a curriculum is basically just an outline of things that you are going to teach in a specific time period. So for us, it's a class. So um, our curriculum, I kind of outlined a 10-week course, what it would look like. Like if we were teaching this in a classroom, showing one movie a week, how would this look? And I split it up into five separate units. Now, the fun thing about curriculum is that most of the time, or, or some school districts do this, some don't, but 
a lot of the times you'll see what is called an essential question, which is basically just this question that's at the center of everything that you do, everything that you choose for this curriculum, that the, the students, as they're learning more about the subject area, can answer and discuss and change their answers. It's supposed to be very open-ended. There's not supposed to be necessarily a definition or an answer by the end, but you're supposed to have a clearer view of it. So the question, the essential question that I decided to go for is, what is horror? Because I think that's, <laughs> you know, that's simple. Like, what is horror? Because it can be so many things. And that's kind of what we have encompassed here. I love that. And is this something where we're going to answer that question? Because I'm not sure. So I figure <laughs> we can go through, we can have some defining characteristics as we go through, but that's the beauty of the genre, right? It grows, it changes with time and with, you know, subgenres and everything. There's not really a, an answer. There's just like, we debate the question ad nauseum because that's what academics do. I love academia. <laughs> So what is the first portion of the course? So our first unit, our first two-week unit is our inception of horror, horror origins, where I want us to speak about the origins of horror, how it became a defined genre, what movies made it a defined genre, and sort of like how that happened in the movie sphere. Okay, so that's off the top of my head that can include a lot of like the very earliest of cinema mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and it can actually predate cinema too because you get a lot of classic novels that were written before the invention of film absolutely but let, let's stick with film for now because that's a whole area of expertise i do not lay any claim to <laughs> i think we'll get a little bit into it when we get into unit two because we'll we'll probably talk about a lot of those book to film adaptations but yeah horror has been around for for forever so i'd love to know your thoughts about which movies you would put in this particular category well gut reaction tells me dracula okay yeah universal monsters and Dracula is the first of the universal monsters. I think Frankenstein yeah. is a good contender if you don't want to go with Dracula for whatever reason. I think you go with Frankenstein instead. Mm -hmm. But if it was to be like an intro to horror, we're going to have to encompass a lot of history in 10 weeks. <laughs> so for this first two week period, it's like one film per week. I would do Frankenstein as the first one. Mm hmm followed by the first, not the first, but like what many I would say would say would be the first modern horror. And that would be Psycho. Yeah. Okay. I also kind of thought of Psycho in this category. Obviously that is jumping very far ahead in physical time from, you know, the origins of cinema, like you were saying, but I think that Psycho really, really encompasses, you know, it's, it's genre defining. It, re it really is. You know, even though you can't define horror, people think old horror movies, they think things like Psycho. They think, you know, that particular era of movie. So yeah, I had that on my list as well. I actually also, I, I'm curious as to why you ended up going Frankenstein instead of Dracula. Like if you were to, if you were to play in this course, why Frankenstein over Dracula? For me personally, it all has to do with, I like Frankenstein more. Okay. Um, <laughs> I also like Frankenstein more. I was just wondering if you had like, you know, reason i also think frankenstein is artistically a more improved film from dracula mm -hmm. and there's a lot 
And if the question is, what is horror? Then I think Frankenstein has a lot to chew on with that question because Frankenstein's monster is the victim of the story. Yeah. Like who is the real monster? And you feel sympathy for the monster, which shows up in later, much later film, like a lot of Guillermo del Toro films, we sympathize sympathize with the monster. Whereas Dracula is just a bad dude. Mm -hmm. He's a bad motherfucker. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I love Dracula. He's great. But if I were to introduce someone to, I usually like to go with Frankenstein. Okay. That's, I, I agree. I'm biased because again, I'm an English teacher. Like (laughs) I'm like, yes, let's get some Mary Shelley up in there. Like I'd rather do Mary Shelley over Bram Stoker any day. So like, heck yeah. But no, I agree. And I think that's fascinating because that's kind of going to wrap around full circle when we talk about the last part of our course, this idea of like more complex horror movies. And, you know, you've talked about how there's beauty and simplicity of like a monster is sometimes just a monster and they don't have a rhyme or reason. You've talked about that before, but I do find it fascinating that even in the very early origins of this idea of the horror movie, there were people trying to find humanity in these different creatures and these different monsters. So I do think that's a great choice. I think those are, those are wonderful for unit one. I have no arguments. (laughs) I do have a alternate to Psycho as well. Okay. So let's say the Drac- that Dracula is the alternate to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. For Psycho, this is going to sound like random at first, but I do have a reasoning. Mm-hmm. My alternate to Psycho would be A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Wes Craven. Not, I have this in the in <laughs> my suggestions, but not here. So I'm interested to hear why. And I think the reason why is I think, well, Psycho is the one of the first, you can pinpoint that as like the first of modern horror. I think A Nightmare on Elm Street kind of takes is kind of like the gold standard of what a horror movie could be. That's true. Yeah. You have, especially if you pair it with Dracula, you have an iconic monster who's just a bad dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Freddy Krueger. I love him. He's a motherfucker. (laughs) That is. He will tell you that. (laughs) mm -hmm. That is a bad dude. You also get one of the best and strongest final girls in Nancy Thompson. So in A Nightmare on Elm Street, you get what I think is important to a lot of horror movies, which is the strength to survive in your main character. And especially as we go ahead in the course, you'll see that theme Mm -hmm. running through. But if the central question is, what is horror? I think A Nightmare on Elm Street is a strong contender of what is horror gold standard yeah for sure Um, also the whole dream stuff (laughs) oh yeah the whole dream stuff is is yeah uh uh-huh it's very intense that's like the epitome of horror you can't escape me when you sleep Um, exactly side note i could do an entire course on final girls also (laughs) i'm just saying i love i love horror it's great it's great genre so Um, yeah i mean (laughs) yeah that that would be your seminar (laughs) right yeah so, but yeah, I think, I think um, Nancy Thompson has to get some love. Mm-hmm. Um, A Nightmare on Elm Street would be my alternate to Psycho. Love it. All right. Moving on to unit two. Um, units two through four are kind of our like big three subgenres of horror movies. Obviously there are hundreds of subgenres, so you cannot fit every single movie into one of these three categories. And in fact, most of most movies fit into more than one of these three categories, but I figure it's good to, as a primer for horror one-on-one, you're just getting into horror movies to kind of explore these categories 
on their own. So our second category is monster films, which we kind of already touched on with Dracula slash Frankenstein. But I do find it really fascinating how monster films can be supernatural, but they can also just be like terrifyingly, horrifyingly natural, like with Jaws. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it's just a big fucking shark. It's not... (laughs) It's like, I mean, as far as we know, there could be supernatural elements at play, but like most of the movie is just them being like, no, it's just a really big hungry shark. Right. And yeah. that's like a whole subgenre within the subgenre, a sub subgenre, double sub, dub sub. Sure. Why not? A dub subgenre um, <laughs> of the creature feature. Yes, exactly. So from Jaws, we get Piranha, we get movies like Grizzly, Orca. And we get them now. We get Crawl, which came out a few years ago, which is a fantastic film. We get the 90s uh, Lake Placid with uh, Rest in Peace, Betty White. We get yes. movie everyone's, that just... Everyone's favorite movie, The Meg. The Meg, The Meg, exactly. <laughs> and the mo- I have not seen the film at this film at time of recording, but there's a creature feature out right now. It's called Beast, and it's Idris yes. Elba versus a lion. Right. I haven't seen that, but I remember you talking about it a few months ago, and I, I want to see it. It's on I want to see it so bad. I haven't had the chance yet, but I don't want to just go off on creature features because, like you said, there were a bunch of different monsters. There's mm-hmm. like we were talking about Frankenstein and um, Dracula. And there's the third of the big three, and that was that's the Wolfman. Yeah. And you could do a whole seminar on werewolves. Plug in past Austin. I have a whole podcast episode dedicated to the cinematic history of werewolves with uh, filmmaker Carly Boone. And I am still very proud of that episode. I think we did a good job on that one. I but, think it's, um, yeah, it's phenomenal. But yeah, were, like werewolves is huge. Obviously the vampires. Obviously. Like, the yeah. cultural phenomenon that is vampirism is wild like mm-hmm. it's just you know the movies tv books that have come out of like vampire lore is crazy to me exactly exactly and then there's there's cosmic monsters there's the xenomorph from alien mm-hmm. there's obviously the predator who you know i'm a big fan of oh yeah there are two <laughs> there are two monster movies that i've been waiting for you to reference that was the first one we'll see if you do the second one and it's not Jaws? <laughs> no. I okay. Think we're gonna wrap Jaws is a foregone conclusion with this podcast. I knew that was going to happen. So. <laughs> so yeah, there's a bunch of different uh, monster movies. And then there's more, not necessarily cosmic, but there's a sci-fi monster. There yeah. is the T-800, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is a monster movie. Right. Like, it is horror the oh the the big guy godzilla there's king kong these are monsters so mm-hmm. you could go a lot of different w- ways with the picks yeah. for what we pick for monster films i do think jaws has to be one of them jaws has to be one of them jaws it has to be week three like there's no there's no other choice like i mean it just it, the quintessential monster movie creature feature there's a lot of options we could go with we could go with the werewolves we can go with a sci-fi monster. Mm-hmm. My heart's telling me to go with a cosmic, like an alien creature. Yeah. And we got a lot of contenders here. Obviously alien, obviously predator. A Quiet Place is a recent good um, pick, I think. 
And my heart's telling me go with Alien. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the most important horror films made, especially with Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. I was going to say, I agree. I think that's not where I went with this, but um, I think with her being, like her character was so important for just cinema in general, especially for like women in film. She's kind of just this like very extremely competent woman among not incompetent men. They're not incompetent, but you know, like just this extremely, you know, competent woman who's very underestimated. And um, I feel like that is something that you see the revert, the inverse of that a lot in movies. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen very often, or at least at the time that that came out, it wasn't happening very often. Uh, And so I just, I, I find that to be a very interesting conversation because I think that's something that horror does extremely well. For all of the fat, like, I mean, you can say what you will about horror being problematic in certain ways, especially historically, but I think one of the things they've always done really well is they've really given women their flowers, you know, with the final girl trope being a thing with, you know, people like Sigourney Weaver and her character in Alien. It's been, it's really interesting to see these, like, victims become heroes throughout all of the history and inception of horror. I find that fascinating. I definitely agree with that. But that being said, Alien would not be my second pick. And I'll tell you why. Really? Okay. It's too similar to Jaws. Okay. I'm intrigued. How? They're very claustrophobic, single monster with um, with a creature that is evolutionarily like perfect, designed to kill. Yeah. And okay. you have a person out of their element um, using what they can. <laughs> Austin, it's amazing to hear the way your mind works because I never would have put that together. But now that you're saying it, I'm like, that's the same movie. (laughs) Well, there is a really funny um, story that Ridley Scott pitched Alien as Jaws in Space. Really? I didn't know that. That's funny. The writers are someone. I could have gotten that story wrong, but Jaws in Space. There's Mm -hmm. also another funny story of James Cameron pitching aliens by writing the word alien, making an S and turning that S into a dollar sign, (laughs) (laughs) which is perfect. Yeah. Um, But because of Alien, because it's so, I would put Alien as my alternate to Jaws. Okay. But if I don't, let's assume we go with Jaws. I still want to go with um, an alien creature. I would go with John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, because the makeup effects in the Practical effects are just outstound, outstanding, outstanding, mm-hmm. outstanding. <laughs> the cast is amazing in that it's also claustrophobic, but as opposed to you know what you're up against, it's more uh, I can't trust my neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's an extremely there's, different film with a, more with some similarity. Yeah, and also Kurt Russell can't go wrong with him. You you get it. So. Yeah. There's also a whole nother element that we need to consider, something we haven't talked about yeah. in this sub genre, and it's extremely important. So I'm going to go, I'm just going to tell you, and you're going to get it as soon as I tell you my alternate for the thing, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, okay. We need some zombies. <laughs> yeah. So if it was me, I would screen Jaws and the thing. Mm-hmm. While assigning Alien and Night of the Living Dead as homework. As homework. I like this. Our alternate picks are going to be homework. I'm writing all this down, by the way, so that I can make a neat little infographic for you so that you can post it if you want to. I will for sure. 
If you give me something to post, I'll post it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the teacher in me. Welcome. I'm making infographics. Yeah. So if we screen JAWS in the thing in class, mm -hmm. which the thing is pretty intense, we will need a, if a kid is like, hey, I'm too scared, like I'll yeah. let them be. <laughs> the thing yeah, is pretty intense. Goodbye. Same yeah. with Alien. Mm -hmm. But I think most people can handle JAWS. I think most people can handle Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. And I think those are those are two of the most important horror movies. Yeah. Well, I think Jaws is nice because it's very, it's not very, it's not very, it's not gory, really. I mean, like you see some stuff, but it's like not really, you know, it's not, it's not really in your face. It's like more implied that it happened. Well, um, it's, it's, there's a big reason why it's like one of the biggest movies ever made. Right. It's easily it's, accessible. It's accessible. It's not, yeah. there's like one jump scare and it only gets people like me. So that's not true. That jump scare gets, that is one of the best jump scares of all it's, time. It's true. But you know, listen, when you're sitting there and you're watching Jaws 3D on a Wednesday night and your friend who's supposed to support you laughs at you for jumping and spilling your popcorn everywhere, it's mean, okay? It's bullying. And I'm a teacher, so I don't tolerate bullying often. It's okay. I laugh at my mom when she jumps at the jump scares too. <laughs> it's funny. Well, here's the thing. When people get got by a jump scare, it scares me. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction is to laugh. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you were so, laughing out of fear because I scared you, not because. Well, you, I jumped so. too. <laughs> I, I jumped because you jumped. There's this brilliant jump scare in the black phone that my mom jumped 10 feet high in. And I jumped eight feet high because she made me jump. <laughs> and I was yeah. going to jump at those scares anyways. I'm a jumpy person. But mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah. funnier when the person next to me jump and then I jump. And then I start laughing because I jumped. And then mm -hmm. I didn't mean. And, and then you jump. Yeah, I'll make fun of you. I'll own it. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, one thing that's cool about like monster movies as a subgenre is that it's a really good time to talk like practical effects mm -hmm. because... That's, I mean, not that it doesn't exist in the other horror movies, because obviously it does, but like the makeup, the costuming, everything has to be so intricate, intricate, the animatronics, whatever it is, has to be so detailed because, you know, if you really want a scare, it has to look as real as possible. And, and I think that's, that's really fascinating to watch like the evolution of horror throughout history and how some of the practical effects from older movies still hold up because like they put such care into it like even in in jaws for example the this one of the scariest parts of that movie is just like watching the boat slowly kind of like get destroyed over the course of like the last hour of the movie it's not right. even the shark for me it's like they know that this hungry hungry thing is out there and it's just like their boat is just disintegrating and we're watching it happen while they're like sailing around and that to me is 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 chilling but like in a very understated way oh yeah oh yeah and to think some people don't think jaws is a horror movie they need to take our class i don't understand that i like gen like there are some movies where i'm like okay yeah i get why you don't think that's a horror movie i don't understand the jaws thing jaws is a horror movie i just think it's because it's mainstream yeah that that's kind of what we want right we want people to like horror movies like ah uh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if too many people like horror movies, then where will we be? I thought you were going to say, like the syndrome line, if everyone likes horror movies, 
then no one does. No one will. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> They're not horror movies anymore if everyone likes them, Austin. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Monster films, our picks are Jaws and The Thing, with the with- alternates being Alien and Night of the Living Dead. Yes. So this moves us on to supernatural movies, which obviously a lot of monster movies fall into this category as well. But um, I think that there's, you know, this whole other like side of supernatural movies, this like witches and demonic possessions and stuff that doesn't necessarily fit into the horror movie genre, but are, is, is, is a very separate subgenre of horror. Can we call it paranormal? That would be a better word. So we're talking witches, we're talking demons, Mm -hmm. we're talking ghosties. Yeah. So I actually had a question for this part of the subgenre because this is the, this is the paranormal movies are the movies that terrify me the most. So they're the Mm -hmm. movies I have the least experience with because I get so scared. But I would like to know, this is just a genuine like opinion question. One of the like sub sub genres, you know, that is so popular with paranormal movies is this like idea of found footage. And I was just wondering what you thought about like, why is that so prevalent in this subgenre? You know, you have movies like Blair Witch, you have movies like VHS. Um, why is that like a thing that people decided to do? I like that you said Blair Witch. I think the most financially successful example would be paranormal activity. So if you look at, let's look at paranormal activity to answer your question. It was made for maybe 10, $15,000, maybe $20,000. Like for me, that's a lot of money, but. Yeah. But in the film industry. That's dirt cheap. Yeah. That's not even remote to what Harrison Ford's salary is going to be on Indiana Jones (laughs) five. So is that it? Like, do you think it's just like a very easy way to make a quick buck? Because it can be made cheaply and people eat it up? Part of it. I think it's not that it can be made cheaply. It's that it can be made cheaply, but made well. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to pull off a monster movie cheaply. Yeah. Especially with the limitations of the found footage genre. Whereas with something paranormal you can make something good and you don't have to buy a couple gallons of fake blood yeah because paranormal activity scared you with a couple closed doors and things going bump in the night and that's Mm -hmm. all it needed yeah Blair Witch you're just walking in the woods it's yeah it's more about the unseen than what's the scene it's almost the opposite of what we're talking about with like the practical effects with um the monster movies is this idea of like it's always about what's lurking around the corner rather than seeing the actual thing right and with ghosts and witches and stuff you can go big and elaborate like poltergeist Mm -hmm. are insidious or you can make it in your backyard with a friend or two. Mm-hmm. Basically paranormal activity. Yeah. And I think the fact you can do it so many ways, that's what lends it easily to found footage. Because there are found footage slashers. There is a Spanish. No, it's not Spanish. It's I forget the country of origin, but it's a uh, there's a film called Wreck. Mm-hmm. It, there's an American remake called Quarantine. And that's kind of like a zombie movie, but in found footage. And then um, there's Cloverfield, which is a gigantic kaiju (laughs) found footage, but that's found footage with the budget. 
But with paranormal, we have to stop and give respect to what I think is the most iconic paranormal horror movie art and arguably is the most iconic horror movie behind Jaws. And that's The Exorcist. Yes, mm -hmm, for sure. Now, I'm going to not put The Exorcist as one of the films we watch because that's intense. I think that's one of the scariest movies ever made. Yeah. And for Horror 101, we should acknowledge it. Yes. I probably wouldn't subject someone who's just a getting newbie. into a newbie to The Exorcist. Right. Um, can I ask you while we're on the subject of The Exorcist? That That's the other thing that like we, we had this conversation in, in real life off podcast um, mm. a few months ago. But one of the things that's fascinating to me is that in this paranormal genre, there's this fascination with like religious imagery. You get you know, things like The Exorcist, you get demonic possession all the time. Even when you're talking about witches, there's always some kind of like occult tie-in. You know, you even have, there's other, you know, supernatural creatures that come out of like traditional religious folklore, like La Llorona, and doesn't even have to be like Christian religious imagery. It can be any kind of religious imagery, which I find really fascinating. What do you think terrifies people so much about organized religion, I guess, <laughs> or like things of that nature. I well, mean, I know it terrifies people. That's not what I meant. It's the horror <laughs> I think it's a mystery of what happens after death, which is terrifying. Yeah. It kind of ties into cosmic horror too. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's out there and we don't know what's coming. That's horrifying. There's a very scary Stephen King book I listened to using audiobooks <laughs> called Revival. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the most existential books I've ever listened to. Like it's very, very scary. It's I find it very scary. Fascinating book. Great book, but I will not be listening to it again for a while. <laughs> um, and I think I there's a show on Netflix. This would not go into the paranormal. It would go into the monster. But there's a show on Netflix called Midnight Mass, mm -hmm. which I think delves into organized religion. Yes way more eloquently than I ever could. Mike Flanagan is a boss. If we went a different way and we focused on maybe like the Titan filmmakers of the genre, Mike Flanagan would get his own week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think part of the fear with paranormal is they represent the unknown. Yeah, They represent forces beyond our control. In a lot of cases, especially with like The Conjuring or The Exorcist, or another shout out, The Omen, they represent forces of great evil beyond our control. You could fight a shark. You could run from a wolf or slasher. Mm -hmm. You're fucked when it comes to a demon. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, for me, uh, demonic movies are the scariest, and it could be because of my Catholic upbringing, mm -hmm. could be because of my Mexican heritage, could be for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, like, this is definitely the scariest genre for me. Like, I get way existential when it comes to like things like yeah. demonic possession. Every time I think about the exorcism of Emily Rose, because that's a movie that was based on a real exorcism yep. of a little German girl named Annalisa Michelle. And I think about that a lot and how <laughs> she shares my name and how that's terrifying. And so, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, growing up, as a, I, I wasn't Catholic, but I was Christian or am, uh, like raised that way. And, and, 
you know, still believe that's terrifying to me. Like that's the the scary stuff. Shout out to the exorcist, but I would not be putting it on the list just because it's too scary. I I don't want to do that. I would put as optional. Okay. But there are a lot of options we can go with. My first one would be Poltergeist. I think most people can handle Poltergeist. It's a fantastic film. Mm -hmm. It's very scary, but it deals with like the ghosts and the paranormal. And then I would go Rosemary's Baby. Oh, that's a good one. That's a that's a pull I wasn't expecting. I think that it I think that is one of the most I think it's a phenomenal film everyone should see. Mm-hmm. I don't like who made it, but that film is a great film. I think it's a scary film. And I think that film answers a lot of questions we just asked. That's that's true. Yeah. And then I would put Paranormal Activity as my first alternate. Or you know what? I would switch Poltergeist and Paranormal Activity. Okay. Because I think Paranormal Activity is best when screened with a bunch of people. Rather than just watching it on your own at home. Right. Poltergeist is enjoyable no matter what. I have, here's my, here's my confession. Uh Uh-oh. I've never seen either of those movies. You about to. (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah. We need, we, we gotta do that. Cause I, yeah, it's, I, I know a lot about them because like, they're just like in the ether, but I've never seen either of them because the concept of them freaks me out. And then we have a lot of options when it comes to that that fourth pick. Because there's the omen, which deals with the Antichrist. There's the witch, which deals with a witch, witches. Blair Witch Project. There's the craft, which has Steve Campbell in it. But you joke, but you joke, but that I mean that's a good pick. Um, I love that movie so much. (laughs) There's the evil dead with yeah. Mm -hmm. Another movie we still have to watch. Uh, Michigan State correct um, connection. Go green. Wait. There's Insidious, which is a fantastic film. But I think the fourth pick ultimately should go to The Conjury. It's a very scary film, which has both witches and ghosties and a possessed doll. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what, whatever could you want other than all of those things. And it's a modern pick. And I think The Conjury is important because it's the closest thing horror has to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's true. There's a lot of Conjuring movies. So if you like one, then you're set for a while. Right. And then you get the little mini franchises within, like the Annabelle franchise and The Nun. And I'm sure there's going to be more in the future. So I'd say the four paranormal picks would be Paranormal Activity and Rosemary's Baby, with the alternates being Poltergeist and The Conjuring. Shout and the out. optional, the exorcist, optional, the exorcist, if you really want to cry. Right. And then at the end, I'm going to, I'll probably do some like more bonus ones. Yeah, me too. Um, I have, I have some thoughts, but, <laughs> but we got to move on mm-hmm. to. So uniform slashers, my favorite. I love the slashers. The problem is, is there's so many ways that you can go with this, but I have a feeling I know your picks. Well, we got to think about the big three. Michael, Jason, yeah. Freddy. Mm-hmm. We already covered Freddy. Yes. <laughs> so, Jason, I'm sorry, dude. You just a Michael ripoff. This is. I knew this was coming. And, it's gotta be. Uh, uh, there, there's nothing else it can be, though, right? Like, I mean, there is something else it can be. Really? A little film called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It could be The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Which came first, by the way? Yeah, it did. But 
And we also got to credit Psycho, which already is already, which is already yes. on there, but you got to, we got to bring it back. Psycho mm-hmm. is a slasher. There's also Black Christmas, which does exactly what Halloween does takes place on a holiday. I don't want to say too much because I don't think a lot of people have seen Black Christmas and I'm not into spoiling these movies. <laughs> not on this episode and literally yeah, any not- other episode, but not this one. When you think of a slasher, you think of Halloween. Yeah. And that's why Texas Chainsaw Massacre is going to be Halloween's alternate. Mm-hmm. I think it's a phenomenal film. I think Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the best movies ever made. It's grimy and gritty and gross. And it's like a, it's like a film. It feels like a film you shouldn't be watching. It really does. It like almost, almost, not quite, but almost plays as like a stuff film in a way that I don't love, but it's terrifying. It's brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Halloween is the slasher. Yeah. It's the one that spawned all the ripoffs. Everyone knows Michael Myers mask. Everyone knows the Halloween music. Everyone knows Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, yeah, like the, you know, it's so, it's so prevalent that a TV show that is basically a cash grab for referencing everything 80s related had the mask in it twice. Right. (laughs) Like, like that's, you know, like you can't, talk about horror franchises without referencing Michael Myers. Exactly. You can't even reference this podcast in this current moment without representing Michael Myers because you're wearing a Michael Myers shirt. No one can see that, but I am literally wearing a Michael Myers shirt at this moment. (laughs) We stand Mikey My My. Can't kill the boogeyman. Michael Myers is an icon and he's still going. He's Uh about to have another film this coming month um, in October. So over 40 years strong. I mean, you could say the same thing about Leatherface. Leatherface also had a new movie this year. Yeah. Our big masky slashy boys are still doing good. But the second pick, Halloween, Halloween started the slasher craze. It kind of fizzled out and Scream brought it back. Scream has to be the second pick. Yeah, it does. Scream changed the game in the same way that Halloween did. And... Scream is still, if it wasn't for Halloween still going on, Scream would be the top dog of horror. Yeah, I think the cool thing about Scream and and why I think it's a really good intro movie too is it really introduces like into this the horror comedy of it all. I mean, yeah, you kind of get a little bit of it with Nightmare on Elm Street because of like Freddy's one-liners and stuff. But truly, Scream is a movie that makes fun of the genre but also still manages to be a scary movie. I think stuff like that is in short supply these days. I feel like we definitely get more horror parodies than we do horror comedies. And I I, I like that Scream executes both pretty well. Oh, I 100% agree. And because that opening sequence is so terrifying, mm-hmm. but the movie is also just, it's just so funny. And I could talk ad nauseum about Scream. I also just think Halloween and Scream make the perfect double feature. I, I agree. Especially because Halloween is like playing in the entire third act of Scream. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and that's something like, you know, as a teacher, you're always trying to go back to previous things that you've talked about. So like having... I mean, like, they basically, like, 
Randy does your job for you and, and scream. He sits there and he analyzes the entire movie. You don't even have to talk about Halloween after you watch it. You just say, okay, we watched the movie. See you next week. We'll talk about it when we watch Scream because they're going to say it anyway. Exactly. So the fourth pick is hard. Mm-hmm. It'd been a lot easier if I didn't already use a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But I did. You did. No disrespect to Jason, but you could put literally any Jason movie in this spot. <laughs> Yeah. It would feel fine, but that's not what I want to do. There's there's some contenders. I think your next is a very good slasher of the 2010s. Ready or Not is a lot of fun. Freaky is a great horror comedy slasher in the same vein as Scream, which pays homage to a bunch of other slasher films. X is a very good sla- modern slasher, which mm-hmm. pays homage to the other alternate Texas Chainsaw. I'm very excited to see Pearl. Oh, me too. I'm seeing it on Thursday. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I've already seen it. Woo woo. But for the fourth alternate, I think it's got to go to our little slasher buddy who has not gotten a mention yet. I'm talking about our boy Chucky. I knew it. And Child's Play. I was like wondering if we were going to talk about Chucky. And then we got to talk about Chucky. You didn't bring him up. So I was like, I guess not. Um, I think that's a really excellent pick also as an alternative or as like the homework for Scream because again, it plays up that humorous aspect of horror. And so they they really complement each other very well. Right. Um, you know, obviously Chucky is such an inherently humorous concept. Like haunted dolls are not humorous concept haunted dolls are terrifying and <laughs> awful but <Annabelle>. like <laughs> Chucky is just like this little guy you know like he's this little guy in this rainbow sweater and you're just well, like he's a, he's a motherfucker <laughs> well yes he um, swears like a sailor he's trying to kill a kid for the entire first three movies Right. I'm going to amend my answer a little bit. Okay. It's still going to be a Chucky movie, but instead of Child's Play, the original, mm-hmm. I would say Bride of Chucky. Okay. That one's a little closer to Scream. It brings us Tiffany, who's iconic. Yes. We love Jennifer Tilly. And I think with, because that has the stitched up Chucky, which is like the most iconic version of Chucky. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, that movie was promoted the shit out of. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that would have came out while I was like still very scared of horror movies. And I tried to not pay attention, but I did. But yeah, I think Bride of Chucky would be that one because it's a bit more meta like Scream is. And um, it's also fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. From Slashers, where do we go? So from Slashers, we have our final unit. We're wrapping up. We've got two weeks left of the semester. It's almost time for Christmas break. And we are going to wrap it up with modern or elevated horror. Um, I specifically wanted to talk about elevated horrors solely because while you have already kind of talked about how you think elevated horror as a concept is bullshit, and I totally agree, um, Not that the movies themselves are bullshit, but just the idea that movies have to be elevated in order to be worth watching. I I think it is interesting that all of a sudden in this modern era, we've decided that we have to have movies that are deep. It's only the horror. It's only the horror genre that gets this. In horror genres, which I find fascinating because it's like, okay, you don't have to call it elevated horror. You can just like have a horror movie that has a deep meaning and it doesn't have to be like every horror movie but it's fine. Right. Whatever. So I want to talk about, you know, 
horror movies of the modern age last decade or so um that you think are going are important worthwhile movies to talk about will stand the test of time that that kind of stuff yeah i think scream 2022 would do a better job than i do but here i go (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think the most common answer you're going to get and thus has to be the first movie watched is The Babadook. Okay, good. The Babadook is first off an incredible film and no one talked about elevated horror before it. Mm-hmm. It definitely brought in this wave of art house films. It was also definitely one of the first horror movies that I watched as an adult. I think because you recommended it to me. You were like, this is a movie that has no jump scares so you won't be like super freaked out, but it's a good gateway into horror. So. Yeah, so I think the, the Babadook is really important for that. Off the top of my head, we could. There's a lot of options. You can go with Hereditary. You could go with The Witch. It Follows is very, very good. Those are some of the more basic answers, but they're the good answers. Like those are good answers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more happening in modern horror too, right? There's the slasher renaissance. Yes. So Michael Myers is back. The current Halloween trilogy, Ghostface is back. Leatherface is back. Penhead's getting two different things coming out. Chucky as a TV show. Like, <laughs> but I don't want to put Halloween 2018 as like mm-hmm. second pick, even though I think it should be mentioned because it Halloween 2018 does follow the elevated trend with um, Laurie Strode being a trauma survivor and that film having that deep thread while coming from the original i do think they are trying to be deeper with that franchise and then you know scream skewers it because that's what scream does um (laughs) it has to observe and comment with bite like everything i think you can make an argument for x being an art house slasher (laughs) Mm -hmm. i agree but my second pick would be the oscar winner get out yes what that film did for the horror genre like is insane Mm -hmm. and that film is so relevant unfortunately but it's 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 funny and it's scary Mm -hmm. and it's just a very well-made movie yeah well I think you know the the cool thing about Get Out is that it took a genre that like like it was a it's literally a running joke amongst people that like the black guy dies first in horror movies like that's how like prevalent that trope is in media that it's like a running joke that people talk about all the time so the fact that you know you have this movie that's like centered around race in particular blackness and they are able to have those kind of conversations without it being stereotypical, mostly because it was, you know, created by people of color. It was created by Jordan Peele, who's a Black man, is, I think, very cool, especially, like, just looking at, even looking at our list. Our list is our, our list is very white, because that's what the horror genre has been up until modern horror. So I find it very cool that, like, that's changing, and one of the most prevalent horror people now, like, period, one of those prevalent, like, horror names you're going to hear in modern cinema is Jordan Peele. Right. And I 100% agree. I love Nope, by the way. Nope was fantastic. As far as the alternates, I think it's too easy to be like, well, Hereditary and The Witch. So I'm going to combine them into one slot. Okay. Let students pick either Hereditary or The Witch. I'm I would probably you went Hereditary. Well, I mean, it ain't my favorite movie, but it's a lot of 
other people's favorite movies and it's a really that's well true. done horror movie um that's true i would like to another reason why i would like to split it with the witch is because hereditary is very very intense same thing with the exorcist right Mm-hmm. But for the next slot to kind of tie it into more modern, I don't think you can have you can talk about modern horror without acknowledging its ties to the past. Because like I was mentioning earlier, the slasher resurgence with, you know, Michael, Ghostface, Leatherface all making a comeback. Predator is back with a fantastic film in Prey. Mm-hmm. They're making more Hellraisers are making another a trio of exorcist movies today they just announced a new trio of the strangers which is deeply horrifying films (laughs) I would not be surprised to hear from Jason or Freddy in the near future (laughs) so with all of these modern horror icons coming back I think the fourth pick would be the one that kind of for me, I think it's a film that ties in with Get Out a little bit, and that would be 2021 uh, Nia DaCosta's Candyman. All right. Partly because we did not mention Candyman in the paranormal or the mm-hmm. slasher, which it is both. Candyman yeah. is a supernatural slasher. We also didn't mention Hellraiser. Sorry, Pinhead. But I do think Candyman is a very important fuck. I just remembered. So remember how I said Hereditary and The Witch? Yeah. Their roles are already played with the Babadook. Yeah. I'm getting rid of both of them. Or they could be optional. I forgot about the biggest modern horror movie. Okay. It's like me. This is like me. This is like you being like, hey, what is the, what are the best dinosaur movies of all time? And me forgetting Jurassic Park. Okay. This is like, this is like me. This is like you asking, hey, what are the most famous Pokemon of all time? And me forgetting Pikachu. Pikachu? Okay, what's the Pikachu of modern horror? We have to watch it. Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) The way I completely forgot about it! That that is the biggest horror movie. Yeah! So I I still think the picks are the Babadook and Get Out. But the homework's got to be A. It and Candyman. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'm sorry. It's not. Well, it was huge. Yeah, it was. It was Pennywise like, is still an icon. <laughs> well, it was like genuinely like a cultural phenomenon too, because yeah. there's not many like modern horror movies that have a fandom big enough to require like, merch and like specific like like the fandom community like the tumblr and like our kind of <laughs> our own fan fiction tags for the it movies are like too large for us not to mention it that's that's all i'm gonna say it's also the first stephen king story mentioned which i think yeah. is but when we go into our honorable film mentions there'll be a bunch that come up but yeah, yeah. So that's the course, right? That's the course. We did it. What was it again? It was Dracula and Frankenstein, Psycho, and A Nightmare on Elm Street for yep. part one. For part one. For part two, we have Jaws and Alien, The Thing, and Night of the Living Dead. Um, mm-hmm. Part three, we have Paranormal Activity and Poltergeist. 
Rosemary's Baby and The Conjuring with an honorable optional mention of The Exorcist. Hell yeah. For part four, our slashers, we've got Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scream, Bride of Chucky. And for our modern horror, we have The Babadook, It, Get Out, Candyman, and an optional Hereditary slash The Witch. I dig it. I think that's a good amount of options. And then I would want to kind of like maybe not watch them or talk in depth about them. But if I was teaching this, I would make sure I acknowledged Predator. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me. Yeah, let's start at the monsters. I would acknowledge Predator, Dawn of the Dead, American Werewolf in London and the Howling, the Lost Boys. Yes. Salem's Lot. I would probably very briefly go over the killer car trend with Christine mm-hmm. and got to cover dinosaurs, Jurassic Park. I'm talking, I'm, I'm labeling this as extra credit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and like the intro to the segment, I would pull up, I would put these as examples, right? Yeah. I think I covered my bases with monsters, werewolves, vampires, zombies, dinosaurs creatures and aliens for supernatural i would have to shout out um the evil dead the omen candy man and hellraiser and blair witch trying to think did i say insidious uh we talked about it earlier but it's not on the list i can add it all right let's yeah for slasher i think in the slasher i think slasher is fine as is with halloween scream texas chainsaw and Bride of Chucky, probably just mention Friday the 13th and Fear Street, mostly because Nightmare and Psycho are already represented. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, Hannibal Lecter. We got to yes. mention Hannibal and would probably do a little sub, sub, sub because this doesn't really fit in with any of the other units. Mm-hmm. But we got to shout out the torture porn. Um, Saw. Yeah. Saw and Hostile need to be acknowledged and then modern horror mm-hmm. i would do the ones we already talked about plus maybe do a little acknowledgement of this i guess this wouldn't be i don't know where i would put i guess this goes in supernatural but i'm thinking ringu and the ring okay they need to be acknowledged yeah i just didn't know because i was thinking of it as japanese horror not paranormal horror mm-hmm. which also the ring has a little bit of a found footage element with the videotapes but yeah i think we're good with modern horror that mm-hmm. being the babadook get out hereditary the witch it and new Candyman. probably mention halloween 2018 and scream 2022 to go with Candyman 2021 um the reason why i pick Candyman is because i don't want to watch more than one michael myers or Ghostface movie yeah in the course good to have a variety Right. And then that one also with it being produced by Jordan Peele and with it with the new Candyman really fill, fitting the more art house trends, even though I would say the first Candyman is very deep. And then I think that's our course. All right. I'm going to add a little bit of a bonus just because I want to I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I would like to shout out what really kind of helped bridge the gap for me with horror which is horror tv 
um, just mm. because it's a visual medium. So for me, if I were going to like add an extra day and talk about like different horror TV shows, I would I would bring up things like like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favorite show of all time. That's a mm -hmm. horror TV show. I never saw it as such when I was watching it. As a kid. I was like, this isn't horror because it's not scary to me. But that's not how horror works. It's it's a vampire show. It's, it's horror. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Stranger Things, American Horror Story, I think are all really worthwhile endeavors if you find yourself enjoying horror. Um, There's also Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is great. Both the movies and the animated show. There's, I haven't seen this show, but I think it deserves a shout out. It's uh, the X Files. The X Files is phenomenal. The X Files definitely deserves deserves to be on this list. If you're into the more comedy horror um, shows like Ghosts, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Ghosts, but it's absolutely phenomenal. No, but I've seen What We Do in the Shadows. I was gonna say Ghosts and What We Do in the Shadows are like the horror comedy that i would i would recommend for um, sure there's um a couple horror franchises with tv shows too if you want to tie the movies into like the, the show the chucky show hannibal has a show um oh yeah Duh, I scream there's ash versus evil dead yes the exorcist had a show and i hear that i didn't watch it because the exorcist scares me but i hear that was really good supernatural oh duh <laughs> i feel like that's a big a big one that that has a huge fan base what do you think has the bigger fan base in terms of horror tv shows buffy the vampire slayer or stranger things oh stranger things for sure um it's because i watch stranger things oh yeah um <laughs> I think, well, Buffy is like really, you know, it had a huge fan base in the 90s and early 2000s when it was out. And then there was a spinoff show, Angel, um, that also had a huge fan base. And I think it's like referenced enough in pop culture that it's it's fascinating. But I don't think you can, the scope of the Stranger Things fandom at this point is, is it's big and it's scary. And anyway, that's, that's my thoughts about that one. <laughs> No, so, but I, I, I think, well, here's the thing is I think so many people do not think of Stranger Things as horror. Same thing with Buffy, because it's not, for whatever reason, it doesn't scare them. And there's so many other compelling elements to it, because I just think that a lot of people believe that all scary movies are just like about being scared all the time and they don't have any underlying like personality to them. And so I think when they when they start to realize, hey, I've actually been consuming horror content this whole time, it opens up another another window. So I forgot the biggest horror TV show of all time, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Yeah, you're right. That might be the biggest TV show. <laughs> it's yeah, for sure. And then got to shout out the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror specials. Sure you do. Because they're amazing. Okay. Yeah, you know, obviously, if we're going vintage TV, Twilight Zone, like the monsters, uh, the, the Adams monsters, family, Adams family. Which there's um, a new there's a new Adams family coming out soon with uh, Jenna yes. Ortega as Wednesday, and that looks pretty fun. It looks it, really fun. It looks great. That's um, a lot coming from me because isn't um, Tim Burton involved? Uh, I believe you're correct, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I don't like his work generally, but I'm excited for the new uh, Adams Family show. So, see, now they're going to come for you. They're going to hurt you. 
that's okay. <laughs> that's what I get for having yeah. the right opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I. it's just his style don't work for me. It is what it is. I gotcha. But I am excited for this new show. So mm-hmm. that's me putting my, excuse me, that's me putting my biases aside. <laughs> I think, and that's a pretty good intro to horror. I think so. I think it's an excellent intro. I'm excited. We covered a lot of the basics, a lot of the classics. And then from there, you can reach out to like Japanese horror, like Ringu and um, Juwan the Grudge. You can reach out to maybe French films, which I couldn't think of any. You can reach (laughs) out to uh, like the Italian Giallo movement, Deep Red. I know Suspiria is not technically a giallo, but it looks like one to me. There's a lot of like stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great horror from all over the world. And then you can go into like maybe some of the more deeper cuts in like the different genres we picked, like slashers. Like we could talk about The Burning, uh, My Bloody Valentine, Maniac. My personal favorite, Sam from Trick or Treat. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. (laughs) Yeah. And then like there's so many monster films. There's like Piranha. There's Grizzly. There's um, Tammy and the T-Rex. You could probably do a whole seminar on Stephen King. With Christine, Carrie, Misery, It, The Shining. How did we not talk about The Shining? Yeah. Everybody's favorite horror movie, Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) I, I personally... I'm terrified of the Green Mile. Yeah. <laughs> the Green Mile actually has the horrifying part. So <laughs> listen, it's a terrifying premise. It's just, yeah, not horror. Yeah. But I think the cool thing about horror and the cool thing about, you know, having like a, a taster menu, if you will, of horror 101 is once you get through these movies, once you watch these movies, you have a really good idea of what you like to see, what kinds of horror movies speak to you. And, exactly. and then you can, from there, go out and search for those types of things ad nauseum. So, dear listener, you did it. You survived our Horror 101. So whether you are now an official horror fan or you've been a horror fan and you can use this to help get your non-horror fans into the genre. You did it. We did it. You hip, passed. Hip, hooray. You all got A pluses. Mm-hmm. wonderful jobs gold star from me to you I, I don't know what other what what teachers say like um bamalama ding dong you get a sing song um wait up no, no don't don't do that let me do the teaching you do the filming we'll, we'll be good well, well what if i did like a freddy krueger quote you're all my children now is that acceptable teaching? That's fine. There's some other Freddy Krueger quotes that you can't say, but that one's fine. What about, oh, okay. I'm not going <laughs> to just evolve into Freddy quotes. Where can the peeps find you? They can find me on Twitter at Lisa Pete, L-I-E-S-E-P-E-T-E. I, I tweet about education and horror movies, and I mostly use my Twitter these days to make fun of Austin. So if you're into that, if you're into bullying Austin, you can <laughs> That's why God invented the edit button. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on the show. uh, This was a blast. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Lisa for joining me in creating this Horror 101 curriculum. 
I thought this was so much fun and I hope that either you know where to start off on your horror adventure or you know where to get your non-horror friends how to start them off. This week's segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week in which I tell you all about the horror movies I watched since the last episode, the big one is Pearl. Holy shit, I love this movie. I was a huge fan of X, which came out earlier this year, so I had very, very high expectations, and Pearl did not disappoint. Director Ty West and star Mia Goth both kill it in this Technicolor nightmare, which is more of a character study when compared to X's ensemble slasher. I thought the cinematography in this film was amazing and the music is just absolute perfection. I cannot say enough nice things about this film. Last thing I do want to say though is Mia Goth delivers a performance of the year, but you know, because this is a horror film, she's going to be snubbed for an Academy Award nomination and probably the award itself. I hope not, but we will see. I also finally saw Beast starring Idris Elba and I I thought it was really good. Idris Elba is amazing as usual and Charlton Copley, I think that's how you say his name. He was in District 9. He steals the show. He was awesome. Now Beast is pretty much your standard creature feature, but as someone who loves creature features, I could not be more pleased. Parts of it is basically Cujo but with a lion and it's awesome. The new Hellraiser trailer also dropped and that shit looks dope. Can't wait to see that coming out soon. As always, you can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week is the last normal episode before I start my next theme month. That's right. October is going to be dedicated to the main man of Halloween. Need I say more? Until then, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.